Baron Bears fans, another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast coming your way. Courtney Cronin down at the combine, getting all the insight that we need. We got to figure out some of the things that she's heard, some of the things that she's learned down there. Got to talk about all of that. Also, Greeny and Hembo having a conversation. Mike Greenberg on Greeny, uh, his radio show, talking about Justin Fields and whether he's out the door and when he's out the door. Because it doesn't seem like they believe that he's sticking around. And then we got report cards yesterday from the Bears, and apparently our food sucks. How's that possible? <laughs> I'll talk about all that more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button. Leave that five-star review. Y'all know what to do. Courtney, how's the combine? It's exhausting. We're on day four right now. I got down here on Monday and very little sleep. The weather went from like 70 degrees to what is it right now? What does my phone say? Um, 30, right? No, 34 right now. So it's just, it's, it's a lot. Like there's a lot. Like I'm at the convention center right now. The DBs talk today. The workouts are happening right now at Lucas Oil Stadium. So D-line, I think DBs and also linebackers are going today. So we're starting to get that to that part of it. Like Combines in, goes in phases. So like the early phase is when the media availability is by the end of the week, you know, you're getting different position groups now just coming into town as others are leaving. And then of course, tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow's going to be nuts. We're all going to hear from Caleb Williams. We can dissect every damn word he says and find out if he's just coached really well in speaking or if there's um, any sort of red flags from stuff that he says during his media availability. Yeah, we got our first chance to kind of hear, I guess, for those who read, to, to hear from <laughs> Caleb Williams in the uh, Peter Thamel article on ESPN. And I thought it, you know, listen, it sounds like the coaching aspect of it is there. He said, I love Michael Jordan. I love Walter Payton. And I love deep dish pizza. I've never felt more confident that a guy wants to come to Chicago in my life. <laughs> what did you take away from that article, though, Courtney? And, and what's kind of been the vibe down there around the Kayla Williams buzz? Yeah, I'm not saying it lacks sincerity, but it felt calculated in the timing of it uh, to come out the day that he was going to meet with the Chicago Bears that night. Uh, this came out in the morning, but like the way like you, you picked like two of the greatest sports icons in the city's history and you pick the most touristy of pizzas. Like, I'm sorry. And this is like my like controversial take. I'm not a deep dish gal. I'm not. I like tavern style. I like cracker. Nobody's crust. a deep I like dish person in Chicago pizza. But it just drives me nuts because it's like there's so I don't know every once in a while. And I love David Kaplan. I know that Mindy and her Lou Malnati's like I, I want I want all of the Lou Malnati's I can get because I, I think it's the best deep dish pizza. But like I just it. <laughs> Like, someone's got to get like Kayla and be like, yo, man, like you're not going to win anybody over with this because you sound like you sound brand new when you say that. But I all of the all joking aside about his like invoking certain things where he yeah. thinks he can get, you know, you're saying things because you think you're going to get a rise out of people and be like, oh, he really does want to come to Chicago. I don't know why you do the article if there was any sort of like you can't really walk any of that back now. You know what I mean? Like if he yeah. really didn't want to come to Chicago, you wouldn't go and say these things because he's getting these same questions tomorrow morning on top of the fact that people are going to want to know how was the meeting with the Bears, the Commanders, the New England Patriots, all the teams that he met with at the top of the draft order, and what did the Bears sell him on their ability to develop him uh, down, you know, the first first year of his career all the way down to maybe like the 10th year of his career. But, you know, the part about I don't have an agenda, I thought that that was kind of an interesting line because, of course, he's going to say if you're coached or not, 
to say this, like I'm excited about wherever I'm drafted, but like him saying, I don't have an agenda to push and that ultimately the bears, if they do draft him, have the final say for him, like acknowledging that I thought was important within this article. But again, like the, the timing of it, the, the sincere factor of it, like it just, you know, there, there are questions within all of that that are naturally raised when there are questions about, you know, that have been raised about a, a, whether a, a quarterbacks want to of playing in a, a certain team. And, you know, usually that stuff doesn't come from absolutely nowhere. So we'll see, we'll see. I mean, it's, I'll be curious to see what his, uh, his biggest takeaways are from those 20 minute formal interviews that he has with the uh, bears. It's going to be interesting. And I, the one part that I did feel was sincere was him talking about, this is the moment that I've waited for my whole life. And, and I'm not sitting here, worried about where it's going to be. I'm going to be excited if the Bears draft me. If they trade the pick, I'm going to be excited to go there. I I think we get so lost in, like, the agenda and the underlined uh, uh, um, mean and tone of everything that we do kind of forget that this is, like, this guy's biggest day of his life to this point. So it was really good to see that and get that out of there. I guess what has kind of been the feel around? Is it just kind of like the Caleb buzz or is there more of a buzz for some of these other players down there as well, coming up from the quarterback position? Cause the, I believe Drake may speaks tomorrow as yeah, well, right? Like is, is there kind of a buzz with everybody? There is, but like Caleb in the buzz is, is different because the, most everybody I've talked to have has made it sound like post Ryan Pohl's comments on Tuesday that it's a foregone conclusion that the Bears are going to draft Caleb Williams, that they're going to utilize the most valuable asset in sports, which is the number one overall pick in the NFL draft when you have the whole draft board sitting in front of you. And I just... I feel like we've become convinced of it, and maybe that's a giant smokescreen. I don't know. I don't believe it to be. It's be the biggest smokescreen of all time in NFL history. <laughs> and it's just, you know, sometimes some people are like, oh, well, it's rumor season, it's lying season. That may be the case, but like this stuff doesn't just come out of come out of nowhere. Like this came from what Ryan Pohl said, and what even what Matt Eberflus kind of like backing up what Ryan Pohl said over the last, you know, 48 hours, and it's continued to percolate, and the buzz around Caleb Williams is is palpable here because we're gonna i remember going for bryce young's uh podium availability last year and how many people were there for that like it you know you better get there early tomorrow morning if you're going to get anywhere close to the to be able to hear what caleb williams is saying and now you then you get to ask the important questions you get to ask about who he met with how those visits went but also hearing it again like literally hearing it from his mouth instead of reading it i think carries a lot of power and will you know go a long way with bears fans and hearing from caleb williams especially those who may not be on the caleb williams train which certainly feels that there are fewer and fewer but this is just the beginning, honestly, before they get to a point like where by next week, do we know about Justin Fields? Because if we don't, then there's going like at this time, you know, March, whatever we're at, you know, all these, all these, you know, a week away, if we don't have answers on stuff, then you're like, okay, are the Bears maybe not considering Caleb Williams because of the, if they're waiting to trade Justin Fields and they haven't already, I don't know. It just feels like a weird like a weird, like almost like certainty that something's going to happen the way that we expect it to, which of course then it's Murphy's law. Like it never goes the way that you expect, like the craziest thing will happen. And what, it, what that crazy is, I don't know, but I'm very eager to find that out. 
Does it does it feel like we heard Mike Greenberg uh, uh, and Hembo having this debate where kind of that if you're going to work a deal out, it's going to get done here and Justin Fields won't be a part of this team much longer. Is that kind of the feeling that people are having down there as well that, yes, Ryan Poles just dis, uh, um, put out all of the fires on I'm coming down here to get a Justin Fields deal done. <laughs> But it doesn't mean that one is, isn't going to get done. Does it feel like this is kind of going to be done by the time we get with, finished with the combine? Everybody I've spoken with, and obviously nothing's been done, and people can draw the dots and connect them and read the tea leaves all they want. Like, we, we haven't heard anything yet. Now, whether a deal is done currently and they're just waiting for whatever reason, I don't believe that to be true. But I do think that it's trending towards by this time next week, we know. And I don't know if you felt that same buzz the, with the number one overall pick getting changing hands last year. Like, yep. I, again, we all thought that. And it was our first time seeing Ryan Poles operate in that space of pulling off a massive, massive trade uh, and changing the draft order significantly. But he, you know, told us last year, no, I want to get this done before free agency. And a lot of us thought, okay, cool. If you can, you might get a better price if you wait. But like he did, he followed his timeline. So I think we have nothing to to do but understand kind of where he's at right now and seeing that if he is, you know, he's very convicted in doing something. So like if he does, if he says he wants to get something done, Justin trade by the start of you know the free agency, then I don't think that we can say that anything other than, all right, be on Justin watch. Like, that's what I'm leaving here. Like, if nothing happens by the time I'm done covering the quarterbacks and wide receivers tomorrow, no. then then we're on Justin watch. Like, every tweet, every time your phone buzzes, you're going to be thinking, is this the moment where you find out if something is going to happen with the current quarterback of the Bears? Yeah, and, and I, I think the – the conversation that we had uh, Tuesday when Ryan Poles talked about, I want to get it done quickly, I like tomorrow, mm -hmm. if I can, right? That to me, it, it felt like almost like the, hey, if you, if you want to talk to me, if we want to do this, let's have the conversations because I want to do right by Justin Fields. I want to make sure that if I am moving him, he's in the best situation possible for him moving forward. I, that's, that's the only reason why like the timeline of this, it, it seems like this would be, the best time to get something done because realistically speaking, if you wait post free agency, I don't think any deals are going to change that would get worked out here. Well, think about all the other quarterbacks that come into play that when that negotiate, like this is why I think it has to actually be done probably prior to March 11th, which is the start of the like, legal tampering negotiating yeah. period opens. Kirk Cousins, uh, Russell Wilson, other names that potentially could be on the move um, or, you know, as free agents. Like, you don't want those destinations to go to them if you're the Chicago Bears trying to trade Justin Fields. Like, you want to have the best options available, which is mo any option. Multiple is better than, than fewer. And having the chance to get the draft capital you want, because if you wait, that's only going to, like, significantly hinder the amount that you can get after yeah. the start of the new league year, because all the other quarterbacks that like Kirk may go back to Minnesota. That's, that's not like a completely unheard of outcome. Um, but nobody thinks that Russ is going to stay in Denver. So it's like, all right, well, which spot is Russ going to occupy? Then that's a spot that Justin Fields, if he's not already traded by that point would not be able to occupy. So it's a leverage game and it's a leverage game of you know, which team, like, what is he worth? Like, let's like, I still can't get a general consensus. And I think yeah. we've struggled with that. 
for the last couple of months on like what Justin Fields is is worth to teams. Is it a second? Is it a third? And you start like hearing the idea of I don't I don't know if he's worth a second. Like I'm like I don't know if I believe that, but it's just you you you're gathering all of it and processing it in real time and trying to figure out ultimately what they end up with. Is there a scenario here where, not to say they don't take Caleb Williams, but where they feel that the compensation they're getting back is not enough for Justin Fields and they, they can't move on from him because it's too much Stop. of a loss? No, I, I hear you. Like I've, I've run that scenario in my mind. I'm sh- it's obviously one that Ryan Poles has to think through. I just can't. They don't want to give him away for nothing. Like I totally get that part, but you don't – you can't put yourself in a situation where – you know, they're building something and culture wise, like if they couldn't trade fields in your scenario, it'd be like fields would then play um, this season out. They'd have to pick up the option. I would, right. you know, that's just the only thing that you do in that situation. And you let Caleb sit like just because it's like, all right, what if some team like said, well, we're only going to offer a fifth round pick because they feel like they're calling the bears bluff because they're desperate right. to move him. It's something they have to consider, but I just don't think that that's why they have to be so calculated in if we get a good offer, like let's pull the trigger right now and not wait because you don't want to be stuck. It, it's that's that's probably I think that's a situation that like a lot of us haven't thought about. But as you start to look at the odds, as you start to look at the teams that want Justin Fields, you really keep saying the same three. And the third team you're not even sure about here where you go Atlanta, Pittsburgh. And then for some reason, the Raiders are in there. And you're just like, I don't think the Raiders, why would they, why would Luke Getze want to run that back? Like, that's where, like, now as you're getting closer and if a deal does get done and the Bears go, I don't know if that compensation is good enough for us. I don't think if you wait this out, it gets better. I don't think if you wait this out, you're going to get all of a sudden they're going to be like, you know what? We still suck at quarterback. We'll send you a two for Justin Fields. Like, I it's the only reason why, and and I want Justin to be here, but if you're going to trade Justin, I kind of agree with Greeny that it has to be something that gets worked out here because this is where the most intrigue is still going to be there for him. Yeah, and that's like striking when the iron's hot. That's why they did it last year with the number one overall pick. They laid the groundwork. They had their meetings. They came away from Indianapolis with, you know, I think it was – you know, Carolina obviously ends up with the pick, but that's where most like the trade almost fell through by yeah. Thursday. So like, I mean, Tuesday was the day that Scott Fitter, the former GM of the uh, Carolina Panthers said that he felt confident. And then it was like the next day or Thursday where it's like, man, is this thing actually going to go through? Is there something else? Like you've got to be able to get your groundwork laid. So then like the negotiations happen at a, you know, the next 72 hours coming out of here. Now, I, I don't disagree with Greeny. I see the premise of potentially getting this thing done now and then Monday, Tuesday, boom, a trade happens. Like I could also see them like waiting it out until later in the week. We truly just don't know, which is why being on Justin Fields' watch is going to be such a pertinent topic next week because of the timeline. And I know he said he's not just going to rush this thing through just to meet an arbitrary deadline. Yeah, we kind of have to in the circumstance and doing it striking before free agency starts. No, 100 percent. It feels like the the pressure is mounting. Everything's coming down to this. And yeah, the Bears are in a great situation here. But can you get that fire hotter for Justin Fields? That's really what it's going to come down to. Um, Has there been any talk around I guess other teams that maybe feel like they could be in a position to trade up for Caleb Williams 
on the concerns that many Bears fans have had on the leadership side, do those the, do the the uh, teams down there share some of those similar concerns? And they're just as excited to get in on these interviews, Washington, New England, teams like that. I think that like there's some genuine. I had a conversation with the source yesterday that there are some genuine things you've got to find out about Caleb Williams because we are in the NIL era of quarterbacks that are you know, powerful guys who've already made multi-million dollars before they've ever played a snap in the NFL. And they're wired differently because different things, you know, things mean different things mean different things to different people always. But like, are they going to be a team first guy? What's the leadership going to look like in the locker room? How does this translate to success in the NFL? Those are questions that you start to find the answers to. Like you really don't learn honestly, a whole ton in these formal interviews that they are, are important. But like the meat of it is when you're spending time with these guys, when you're doing visits, flying out to have dinner with the, with players before their pro days, having them in on top 30 visits. Like it's all part of that process. And it's not just the Bears doing their homework on Caleb Williams. Washington, for obvious reasons, at sitting there too, all of the ties to Williams and in D.C. and K- Cliff Kingsbury and all of that. Of course, New England, there's so much to absorb here with all of these top quarterback prospects and even though you get the gist that most people here think oh it, it Caleb's not making it past one the Bears are going to take him yeah the other teams still have to do their homework on Caleb Williams and get to know him even if it feels like that it's a slam dunk that the Bears are going to take him like you have to do that and there's I think it's, you know, we don't hear that much about Drake May or, or Jaden Daniels or any of the other quarterbacks because Caleb has been like basically like overshadowing all of this, you know, the subject matter around Caleb completely overshadows everything else um, around these other quarterbacks that we at the same time need to learn about. Well, listen, Dan Orlovsky said, I was at today on, on a get up that he, he feels like the bears should take Jaden Daniels. Number one, overall, are are we, the the IRO says so much. I don't think so. Like, look, and, and, and I, and I know that that's, that's something now because we're getting into silly season of wondering, all right, how much is a draft order going to change? You and I have talked about Jaden Daniels going above Drake May at number two, yeah. like two and three flipping. I don't know if I don't know if we're going to see that same sort of like, okay, is this guy one A, one B? Could the order flip? I don't think that. I, I don't think you'd do that. I just, no. I just, I don't buy that to be realistic. It it would I mean that's a scenario where you're probably going, which I guess is something that's been thrown out there, right? Where you're probably trading Justin and you're trading the pick, trying to get some picks back, and you take Jaden two or three like that. I I don't know if you're taking Jaden number one overall, no matter what. I think if you're if you're moving on from Caleb Williams as the quarterback, you're trying to get that draft capital back. And I mean, yeah, you're probably starting a firestorm here because now everybody's <laughs> gonna be looking at you like, what do you see that's wrong? What you get out of this that that you feel, or they'll just believe the Bears are doing what the Bears do. Uh, you never know with this team, but I thought that was funny this morning when he was like, "Listen, I just think the best quarterback in the draft is Caleb Williams." I was like, "What? That was a that was a switch. That was a quick switch there. I've seen yeah. that before." No, I mean the Jaden Daniels things. He's how quickly he rose from like you know one really really good game last year at LSU that you know effectively cemented his Heisman case to where he entered the draft conversation a couple of months ago to now where people have him slated as a you know a top 2 pick 
like yeah. who knows how it could change i don't know if it's going to change to the it, it that drastically to where he could be number one overall even even if you think he might be the best pure prospect i still I be mean, you're basing that on ceiling not on you know i, I just couldn't see it I, I couldn't either. Is is he down at the combine as well? Is he is he slated? He will, yeah, to and he'll talk and he'll he'll talk tomorrow, and then the quarterbacks all work out on Saturday. Sounds good. I, I can't wait to I can't wait to see what he does. Hopefully, he does something more than like just throw the football at the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> I got Anthony. I got Anthony Richardson, a, a, a high pick in the draft. Like, look at his cannons. Like he can't hit people in the hands, but look at it. He hit the ceiling. Uh, appreciate you guys for showing love. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the page. Let's talk about something interesting that came out yesterday. Court the Bears got their grades from the NFLPA. Uh, they basically poll. I believe it's thirteen thousand players or something somewhere in there, um, or thirteen hundred players, I should say, and. Uh, sitting there talking about a bunch of different uh, topics like ownership, head coach, team travel, weight mm-hmm. room, and nutrition and cafeteria. And the Bears got some interesting grades here that I think might surprise a lot of Bears fans. Who yeah. would have th- thought head coach would be a B? But they I, do rank them 25th in the NFL. I do – like and that's the thing where it's like all right the overall grade versus overall rank I don't know how they differentiate between like the letter grade and like the number rank but I'm not surprised like you know that this team's a seven and ten team after an zero and four start like those guys played hard you're not just gonna like you know whatever Eberflus was telling them and you know kind of telling them what we know is to to keep you know keep steady like they're riding the ship like very clearly guys bought into that so to see a B plus grade for Matt Eberflus, the team just retained him. Like when they could have moved on and fired him after two years and they said he's deserving of getting that third year. I, I'm not surprised by that by any stretch because I don't like if he, if he didn't have those grades, I think I'd kind of be concerned about the direction of the Chicago bears going forward after the decisions that they made this off season. I think the part that's, that's now locker room. Does that mean locker room, like the players or locker room, the actual building? Locker room itself, to my understanding, so it's like, yeah, it's in the facility. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I was like, are they saying like the culture, the vibe around the no, team? No. No. Because it's like a, a physical a, facility. Locker room got an A minus. The Bears apparently have the fourth best locker room in the NFL, according to players. I thought that was pretty. It is a nice locker room. I've been inside. It's really nice. No, it is, and I mean, it's clean. There's space. Um, you know, some of these older facilities, whether it's Washington, whether it's Kansas City, Green Bay, some of them you can tell, like Pittsburgh, oh, God. Like, you see the interviews in Pittsburgh. They're, like, wooden lockers around everywhere. But the Bears do have a very nice facility, like, internally, like the, the that stuff for players at Hallis Hall, which is a good thing. Here's the, here's the two that probably concern me the most. We got treatment of family C+. But the ranking in the NFL is 11th. So are we just like doing families dirty here? See, that's again, I just don't know about the difference between like the grade and then like ranking them out of 32 teams because here's what it says. Um, an area that players felt had improved from last year is the treatment of their families. The Bears started providing daycare on game day for players' children and added a family tent during training camp. The players feel like the care has been better this season. It reflected in the responses. So I think they got a, a D last year in treatment of families, and that's everything from daycare during the games to how yeah. families are treated when they come onto 
onto campus more or less for for training camp and you know during you know after the games what does the family lounge look like the players family lounge like how how does that work um that's the stuff that the nflpa was evaluating and you know i think those are some the fact that they made improvements and players like we're not going to see what the responses were but the fact that the nflpa said that that was reflected in the responses that they got that shows that the bears were listening and that they do take these report cards seriously all teams do they have to because this is anonymous and this is the best way for improvements to happen um Otherwise, you know, I don't know if everybody would be honest and be willing to speak up about stuff if, if it was the other way around where this didn't exist. I just it's, it's like when you when you yeah, I agree with you, I don't get the ranking plus the letter grade because to me, right, like, listen, C plus is great for me. I, I got through school on C. I'm not going to sit here and act like I was a phenomenal student. I was not a, you know, college kid out here <laughs> dominating. I, I got through high school and was like, I better go find a job. But being 11th, right, like that is kind of like my <laughs> high school experience where it's like I'm one of the better people passing through here with my C's. Like who's at the bottom of this list? Uh, it's just, just like you got Washington, eight people. Washington, the Cardinals. Like, I mean, my God, the Cardinals had like D plus for treatment of families, D for food. Uh, locker room was an F. Um, you know, Atlanta got Atlanta got a lot of F's. They got F for the locker room um f for the weight room f for f minus for strength coaches so very clearly a lot of these guys were not happy at all with the um you know with the part of the you know part of it's like do you have the infrastructure in place not just this is not just coaching and obviously there's the head coach grade but right. like do you have the infrastructure in place to help guys succeed which is the facility which is the weight room which is you know the coaching staff that lets those players get better and the, and the resources they're allowed to use and and, and have like provided to them to get better and it's you know having known kind of like the landscape of the nfl like what these facilities look like seeing some of these grades like are just like yeah of course rinse repeat i'm not surprised by some of that because it's, some of these te- some of these facilities are really really old and need to be upgraded it, it is it is promising to to hear and i would love like i I probably never really paid attention to these grades before this year um but i would love to see kind of like what the vibe was with training staff, training room, weight room, strength coaches for previous regimes, because Flew seems to be hitting it out of the park with his entire staff and the Bears training staff as a whole. I mean, training staff, 10th best in the NFL. They got a B on that. Training room, mm-hmm. 6th best in the NFL. They got a B-plus on that. 6th best weight room in the NFL. They get an A on that. Like That means you're prioritizing, first off, getting stronger like it's football. And second off, making sure that these guys are – in a in a, a position to actually recover from the mm-hmm. things that they, that happened to them on the field, you're prioritizing both sides of it, and I love to hear that. I had a long talk with a um, I won't name him by name, but like I had a long talk at the during locker cleanout with a a veteran Bears player about you know the amount of money that guys have to put into their bodies outside of their training facilities, and it's a lot. Like yeah. you know the but like it does feel like the Bears have you know you don't hear anything in talking to players about oh like i have to go do all this extra stuff out of pocket elsewhere because it's not available in any capacity at my facility i do think that they have you know a lot going for them in that respect in the weight room and training staff like those are that's like one of the most critical pieces of an nfl franchise 
like having those those things work for you so players don't have to then go out of their own pocket if they get injured if they you know don't feel like they're you know at at max capacity like playing at peak performance because of the you know of what's around them that they have to go spend out of their own pocket players are naturally not going to like that so you know the, the grades that you see pull this thing back up the grades that you see for you know poor like strength coaches like Atlanta is one of them um you know the weight rooms that like are really bad apparently the chargers which i know that they're moving facilities though so like that's some that's some important context i think that needs to be in there too but there aren't many f grades for that new england patriots um i guess that's not too surprising because i know they have an older facility as well yeah. but it's this is what prompts teams to kind of like put their feet to the fire like hey if your players aren't happy this is for public for everybody to see um and if you don't want to have your grades revealed like that, then you're going to fix it. The strength coach for Atlanta getting an F, he's going to be like, what What I do? What is that? <laughs> Nothing, clearly. <laughs> here's, here's the most surprising one on the list out of everything. I thought the head coach was a little surprising, but apparently a lot of people like it. More so the ranking than anything. He's, he's a B, but he's at the bottom of the NFL. Wait a minute. Hold on now. We suck at food. <laughs> like the nutrition and dietitian, I almost can get that, right? Because in Chicago, there's a lot of food that's going to mess up your diet and make you not eat well. How do we suck at food in the cafeteria? I think it's preference, and it's not to say that they don't have healthy options. I know that that was part of the overall summary that players would like to see more healthy options. I've walked by the cafeteria before. I've never gone in, so I can't speak to the daily offerings other than like little snippets of what I've heard that they serve. There's always something new every single day. And like culturally, they try to like wrap people's different cultures into the menu and 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 have like, you know, meat options, vegetarian options, chicken. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, we can it, it's the quality too. Um, you know, if 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 people like these players are at the facility every single day, eating yeah. three square meals a day there, like what you put into your body is, um, is as important as the weight room, all of those other things. And I don't, I don't know what the overall issue is. I just know that that grade is one that they're certainly going to want to try to improve on. And I don't know, maybe it's catering, maybe it's, it's the chef, maybe it's a lot of different things, but there's, there's certainly some room for growth with, uh, with that grade. I thought I thought the only time I've seen anything was I remember Braxton. I saw Braxton as he was coming out. Braxton Jones as he was coming out, and he they give you like a tray, and I was like, they're feeding them like they're in high school almost, and it was like a wrapped up sandwich on there, and then there was like a juice that he had bought there, and it was, and I was like. It looks like a high school meal, but like in my mind, I was just like, oh, Braxton probably is just <laughs> a young guy that eats like he's still in college or is in high school. Like he's not worried as much, but maybe that's just what they're eating out there. Maybe they're giving you yeah. that, that chicken sandwich from high school that used to be fire with a little bit of mayo on it and a barbecue Good sauce. Lord. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like I know that. You know, players are like these guys have private chefs. They have yes. high expectations for what yes. they eat based on what they spend outside of the facility. So that factors in here too. Um, they getting a little know. bougie. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Maybe they getting a little bougie on this. I, I think they, I think people have preferences, and you know, when you when you have such a limited time in the grand scheme of things to be at, like peak physical capacity, like you're going to be 
overthinking some of these things and you know maybe like putting a lot more emphasis is probably the fair way of saying that just justin's mad that uh we didn't have enough vegan options last year and he's like is, this he, Chicago is he even vegan anymore isn't he no he's pescatarian now yeah, he's so pescatarian like now. vegan it's you know you don't <laughs> eat meat you just eat you, the only protein that's not plant that you would eat would be fish the fake vegans is that what you called them like I've, I've heard people say like oh i'm vegan but i eat fish i'm like no that's called pescatarian not that he yeah, has. Uh, i just remember like for a while he i think he was vegan my my uh it's it's so funny because like my mom does like a, a more so vegan diet mm-hmm. until she doesn't feel like it yeah and then she's like she's like oh but i like uh, you guys are getting burgers i have a burger and i'm just like what, what's with the vegan fake, thing fake are you just vegan. doing it just, just week a weekday vegan. You're just a, a Monday through Friday vegan on the weekends. A healthy freebie. preference, like you know, she's just trying to be healthy and then splurge when she wants to. Oh man, let's do our road to the draft. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go plateness places. Courtney, we gotta put you on the clock yet again. We got Mel Kiper's latest mock draft yesterday. Not a lot of change. Mm-hmm. But is Mel's latest mock draft, the Chicago Bears, best plan to success? First overall, of course, he takes Caleb Williams. Ninth overall, he ends up going Malik Neighbors. And what he said about Mm -hmm. Neighbors is, we're back around to the Bears, to whom I gave quarterback Caleb Williams at number one. I thought about the offensive line, though it might be – I thought about offensive line here, though it might be a little early for Troy Fontenot from Washington, the best guard in the class. I also considered cornerback, though Chicago could franchise tag or sign a big extension to free agent Jalen Johnson, which would plug that hole. And since this mm-hmm. is a strange year for edge rushers, Latte Latu from UCLA, who has medical questions that should be answered at the Combine, and I don't have a top 15 grade on Jared Verse, let's instead select a dynamic playmaker to make Williams' life easier. If Malik is this Neighbors the right answer? There, yeah, it's the right answer if Malik Neighbors is there. But, like, the buzz of, like, you know, right now we expect the quarterbacks one, two, and three to go off the board, four, five, and six to be receivers. That's early because it's still February. But of course, over the next couple of weeks of the draft order changing, who's going to rise during their pro days, who's going to rise from the way that they, they, they measure at the combine, the way that they perform at the combine, that will affect the draft order. But if Malik Neighbors falls from six or something to, to nine and is there, you go ahead and you pair your rookie quarterback with another weapon on the outside. So he has DJ Moore and then Malik neighbors. Like, unless you think you're going to be pulling off a trade for Justin Jefferson, um, you, you use a high asset like that, you know, a really good draft asset on that, on a on a quarterback and on somebody to help insulate him from day one. And just the only question I ask from that is then where, where do you get, enough assets to try and address this offensive line. I think center's a major piece. Left tackle, I'm I'm not a Braxton Jones fan. We had Brandon Thorne on yesterday. He said Braxton Jones really struggles with the pass protection. He's better in run-blocking situations. But you've got a couple of pieces on this offensive line that I do think need addressing. And if we're being 100% honest, like I love Tevin Jenkins, but I'm very nervous about Tevin Jenkins every time a season starts because is he going to be out there? Is he going to be hurt? Are we going to be putting in Larry Borum to step in for a couple of starts there? Like I do think there needs to be – I love getting the receiver, but the quarterback has to be able to stand up long enough to get the ball to the receiver. And I'm scared that if we take 
not to say I wouldn't take neighbors at nine, but if you take them there, is Caleb Williams going to have that time to get the ball to him? Or are we just rehashing the Justin Fields conversation? Yeah, you've got to you've got to put your situ- your quarterback in the right situation where it's an ascending offensive line. Like you already know that you have Tevin Jenkins went healthy. You know, Darnell Wright, your franchise right tackle, and then they signed Nate Davis for a reason. I know last year for a lot of different circumstances it didn't pan out the way that they had hoped, but those are three pieces right there. If, even if you're not certain about Braxton Jones, they can draft a tackle early. It doesn't have to be day one, but it can be day two, second or third round, assuming they can get a second-round pick. Um, and I think they'll be fine there. I don't think that they're going to go about neglecting the offensive line by any stretch. Ryan Poles is a former offensive lineman, so we've heard yeah. that. From him, it's just where do they where do they address center? Because I know you and I with Jordan Reed a couple weeks ago had a great conversation about what about trading back from nine and getting a center somewhere 17, 18 later in the first round. If that can happen, then that is great. But does that also mean that you're spending in free agency? I think they honestly could hit that from from multiple different angles and walk away feeling pretty confident about um, the room they're going to have to grow at that position. We'll see what they end up doing. That was the road to the draft brought to you by Toyota. Toyota, let's go places. All right, Courtney, let's finish it out with this. Anything, uh, any nuggets, anything you haven't given the old Cap and Jay Hood show, Wadl and Sylvie, <laughs> that, uh, that you've heard down there? That uh, might be good for the podcast. I have a story that's coming out in a couple days, hopefully before they trade the pick and my reporting doesn't all just go to garbage because uh, if something happens or hopefully before they, you know, if they trade Justin, the story comes out. There was one GM in our reporting that does think that the Bears should keep fields and that it wasn't as much of a unanimous thing. Like, you know, in, in my reporting and some of my colleagues being able to ask their people in the NFL So I thought that that was really unique and a very interesting perspective because this GM had the trade. It could could just be a smokescreen out there. Like somebody's going to see an NFL GM said this. Can you believe that? Um, But I don't necessarily believe that that means that's the route that the Ryan Poles is going to go or what he thinks. But I did think that was interesting that somebody of that sort of position went the route of keep fields built around him, get a lot of, get whatever you can for the number one overall pick. And it could be a, a business perspective too about like if you really think you can get the haul that you're expecting going ahead and doing that. Well, we'll see in a couple of days when that story comes out uh, around which which team that GM is from because uh, that will dictate how much how <laughs> how confident Bears fans feel about that one. <laughs> but we appreciate you for tuning in. Don't I mean you never mind. You're gonna work very hard down there, Courtney. <laughs> Keep it up. Exhausting. Try to I'm get some sleep standing when up. You can. I appreciate it. We appreciate all of you guys for tuning in to show of love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Lead a five-star view. Y'all know what to do for Courtney Cronin. I'm Pat the Designer. Back at it again. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Bear down. Let's get this one right. Huh? Maybe just a little bit. Peace.